We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Brandon Kelly, the host of Blue Wire's new podcast, Golden Goal. Messi takes everybody on. Messi has got it! From Lionel Messi to Marta to Pele, our show takes a deep dive into soccer superstars. 2-0 and he's... What a World Cup for Megan Rapinoe. From Zlatan Ibrahimovic's brash confidence with the play to back it up, to Megan Rapinoe's heroic outspokenness and World Cup flair. Each episode examines a personality of the world's game. We'll dig into Maradona's Hand of God performance and subsequent downfall. The teenage trio at Dortmund that signaled the next generation of superstars. And that infamous headbutt that slung Zinedine Zidane from glory. Golden Goal. Soccer stars and the moments that made them. Premiering this summer on Blue Wire. Hello and welcome to the Esports Biz Show. I'm your host, Justin Jacobson. This week we will be discussing shoutcasters. Just as a disclaimer, nothing here is intended as legal advice. All of the information is for educational purposes only. This week's guest is Paul Raby Santoro. Paul is a former professional gamer who is now an esports event host, MC, shoutcaster, and announcer. He has worked the NBA 2K League as well as the NACL, which is a North American Collegiate League. Paul is also a very contagious streamer who plays a variety of games on stream. Prior to this, in 2008, he was part of the first ever televised gaming show, the Championship Gaming Series on DirecTV. Paul, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Justin. I appreciate to be here for uh, Worldwide. Thanks. You know, I'm glad that we were able to connect and, you know, we're going to kind of get this going. I'm excited. I'm really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, let's do it, baby. Let's, let's hit it hard. Let's get contagious off the bat. Awesome. So, you know, to briefly introduce the topic, we're now exploring shoutcasters and announcers. You know, most 
esports events have hosts and MCs that are kind of hype up the crowd and are like the master of ceremonies. And then the broadcasts have what are called casters and color commentators, sometimes known as shoutcasters in the esports world. So, you know, gaming broadcaster, whether it's a tournament organizer, might hire them. Or if it's televised, then television broadcast network might hire these individuals. So they earn income in a variety of ways. Um, primarily, it's really from a salary, which is usually like a flat fee per event or an hourly rate. And the amount that they really earn kind of depends on a bunch of things. You know, one of the biggest things is kind of the caster's notoriety, how big his following is, what his track record is, how long he's been doing it. Then also kind of the estimated event viewership. Is it going to be a large viewership or like on a big television network or is it a small local event? So obviously the larger the viewership, the more potential income, you know, an announcer can make for hosting and working on it. And then also the time commitments of the job, how many days, how many hours per day, you know, what goes kind of into the job. And then you got to look at if there are any travel days, you know, if you're based out of the U S and you have to travel to Asia or Europe, you want to see if you get compensated for that time. So then in addition to, you know, a salary or fee that a caster might get for working, some of them actually, you know, have their own independent sponsors and brand endorsements. Obviously, you have to have a larger following for that. But, you know, depending on how you build yourself, you might get that. And, you know, then obviously a bunch of them are streamers. So they may have some streaming income from, you know, ads and subs and donations. And then in the rare case, you know, some of them may even create their own branded merchandise to really kind of monetize and get their community behind them. So now let me a bit more about how casters earn income. Paul, tell us a bit more about your past esports experience. Yeah, I mean, you know, everything you said just now, uh, it, it hit the nail on the head. And, you know, the answer, uh, Justin, to, to what we just what you just talked about is really all of them. the answer is all of them. Uh, and, and I'll get into my esports experience here uh, momentarily. I just, you know, this hit me. It's really all of them. You want to be branding in every single way that you can that you just mentioned. If you can get more, I mean, more is never going to hurt you in that category. Um, when it comes to my esports experience, uh, I've been doing this for 15 years, roughly. Uh, my first ever tournament was Evolution 2006, which uh, Evolution East 2006, which was the biggest fighting game tournament uh, in the world at the time uh, for the East Coast. Um, I wound up taking third there in a game called Dead or Alive, and uh, I never looked back. Ever since then, uh, I started out in the fighting game community. I was competing, going to high school, competing every single weekend somewhere around you know the east coast my mom would drive me to tournaments or i would take a bus and i would compete you know friday saturday sunday back to school on monday um i did that for for a for a number of years uh where i did the championship gaming series that's where you brought me up there i was a backup for team ny3d um <laughs> so so basically that was a team uh at the time that was running new york the esports team that showed you how the esports landscape changed um over the years but uh yeah so it was that. And then I've done a plethora of other shows. I worked with um, Jace Hall, Twin Galaxies, before he partnered up with Rick Fox and um, did his Infinite Crisis experience. That was a MOBA-based reality show where we basically, five random strangers came together and we tried to create an esports team in a certain number of weeks. Eh, it didn't go that well. Uh, anyway, uh, but besides that, uh, I did a number of shows. I've appeared in Xbox PlayStation Magazine twice for Dead or Alive, um, being one of the campaign members of, of that game. Um, and then after my playing years, I started doing, like you said, I tried, you know, I, I told myself, do I really want to be pro gamers, man? It, it's, it's, there's so much I want to talk about on this, but pro gamers are absolutely wild, man. The, the lifestyle you have to live, the training regimen, 
it, it's it's brutal. It's no different than any sort of athlete. I'll tell you that right now. It, instead of it might not be as physical, but the 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 grind is the same. And I didn't know if I wanted to continue putting in that time and effort into this. So I started training my voice, and that's when I thought, you know, well, what can you do with your voice and still stay in video games? And I started doing the commentary, and then I started saying, well, you know what? Maybe I still want to be a voice. So I started doing host work, and then uh, TJ over at um, some people over at the NBA 2K League found me. I did a little voice work, uh, some announcing of the teams, like you said, being an announcer. And just now, you know, I'm, I'm trying to build a streaming career. So try to pull the Joe Rogan and do all three of those things in one. Interesting. So, you know, it definitely sounds like you're from, you know, the OG old days of gaming where you oh, yeah. would be going to compete for like, you know, 500 bucks is the winner, but like, <laughs> less, less, baby, less. Right. It costs you more in gas and food to even go, but it's huge and it's the, this is what you love. And even back then, did you think that it was going to become what it is now? Like, like someone who like, I don't know that many people have really been in the trenches like you have, like going up to East coast, going to these early ones over a decade ago to now looking at where it is now and kind of still being involved in that. I'll be totally honest with you. No makeup whatsoever. I knew this was coming. I will be totally honest with you. I knew this was coming. And, and I, I only knew it was coming because here I am, young high school kid, grew into myself late. You, you know me now, Justin. You see me personally. I have tattoos. I'm taller. I'm, I'm kind of a bigger guy. Uh, I used to be a shrimp. I used to be a shrimp. Total nerd. Glasses. You know, just, just the, the typical nerd stereotype. You know, I, I was that guy. I was very insecure. Anyway. I started competing online in video games because I always had that competitive nature. I wanted to be on the football team. I wanted to be on the basketball team with these guys. They, they were my friends, you know, uh, but I was, I was, I just wasn't there. So I started finding not everyone's six, five and two thirty. Exactly. And yeah, exactly. And then I wasn't, you know, I was a little, little guy. So, um, I started, I learned about video games. You know, obviously I, I you were obviously one of the OGs. Halo, you remember when Halo and Xbox original came out? Like mm -hmm. that hype <laughs> that, uh, you know, so I got into it. I started playing it and uh, I, I did something called Xbox Connect, which was you would take your original Xbox and there was a way to basically uh, an outside PC program. It was the first way of getting online multiplayer. It was not supposed to be. It was basically like manipulating the land feature of the game to thinking it was online. And the Ogres, the first ever competitive Halo team, like Walshy, all these guys were on Xbox Connects back in the day. And I started playing against them. They would wreck, I mean, wreck me. I had no idea what competitive gaming was. I was just playing a kid that found out how to do this and got online, you know? And I started learning about it and I started feeling, so I invited my friends over because it was like land, but manipulation on, to online. So I, would, I brought my friends over and I was like, hey, I found a way to play Halo online. And the camaraderie that we felt, even getting washed by these future Halo Hall of Famers and, you know, literally um, <laughs> getting washed by them. Still, the camaraderie I felt, I felt this competitive nature and I was pretty good. Honestly, I, I said I never did this before. I'm going to wash, but, you know, I could kind of see myself doing this. Um, so I, I saw those emotions that it prescribed. And I thought to myself, if this is making me feel like this in its absolute infancy, no one's a gamer right now. It's not cool to be a gamer. You know, what was this? 2003, 2004? 2002 um i knew that it was going to be something so once i started getting good at these games and i started learning about competitions i just grabbed the bull by the horns and i just I, I you know people thought i was crazy my family called me a nerd they all thought i was a loser they all thought i was like they didn't know i was going to tournaments and building a brand and doing this stuff they they, they thought i was wasting my literally wasting my life you know 
And uh, a lot of people did. Most of the world, all the people I interacted with at the, that did, except the ones that were also going to these events. And that's what, that's what really started. I saw the camaraderie and I saw the potential of competition. And I knew this was going to be a thing. And I think, you know, to your point and what is what people like me coming from the more entertainment and sports worlds love and think is so great for branding and marketing and every aspect of the entertainment world is how genuine the communities are and how genuine the people that love this. Like they just love it. They just love Call of Duty. Like like this is just part of their life. It's not like, oh, I'm just going to play because everyone else is playing. It's like, no, like I really love this and I love connecting with other people that really love this too. What's so cool about it that you just said, you know, it's got me getting butterflies in my chest right now because you just hit the nail on the head. It's like it's that same exact thing. When you're with the boys and you play basketball, you know, or football, and you guys just yeah. scored a touchdown, you're like, you're boys. You, like, feel it. Like, like, even if you're people that don't even like each other traditionally, right? Or maybe, like, you're just on the Yeah, team. no, I, I exactly know what you mean. You feel that the camaraderie. And, and what you just said is, is the people that do it in the video game world are just nice people. They're just so genuinely nice, loving people. Um, I mean, you know, we talk trash and we like to get in each other's heads and, you know, that's all there, too. And are there some rivalries? Sure. But no one's trying to bring each other down. No, no one. I mean, oh, what? You know, that's a different topic. But beating something is one thing, but kind of, you know, trying to, like, bring someone down and really, you know, harm them more. There's, right. Oh, I'm going to beat you. Oh, you suck. Like, OK, yeah, you suck. Like, maybe right now I'm missing. But, like, sure. you know, that's not really an issue. Right. It, 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 here's the thing. Just like every community in the world. It has it has its own politics, right? There's no, you know, it's ups and downs, whatever. But the people outside, you know, I genuinely believe that ninety nine percent of the yeah, yeah, yeah. like ninety, you know, five ninety nine percent of the people that are in the gaming industry are genuinely good people, are genuinely good hearted, wholesome, caring, loving people, and they come together on the pure love of this micro processed, you know, millions of interactions a second, thought processing entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's and it's great. And I'm really I'm it, it it's great. So I, I would agree with you. Generally, everyone in the gaming industry is just a good heart, good people. But that camaraderie aspect, that inter- that feeling of being togetherness, um, of being together, is really what I knew was going to build the uh, esports industry moving forward. And I really dedicated my entire life to it because I mean I just this is just what is it number one entertainment industry in the entire world, surpassing all other entertainment industries put together. How's that possible? You know, there's something here, massive. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out moving forward. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all UFC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC events all day, every day, live on their website. Looking for something other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, esports, and prop bets to check out. Visit BetOnline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. BetOnline, your wagering experts. And now, let's get back to the podcast. So tell us a bit, how did you kind of get into commentating and shoutcasting? How did that transition happen? Uh, well, like I said, I was a competitive player. I did Dead or Alive. That was the first game that I really, you know, shined in. It was a solo fighter, individual fighter. Uh, but then it was also uh, Gears of War and Halo. Those are the next two games I really started playing uh, to the tournament level competition. DOA is the first one I went to, uh, physically went to events for. The other two, Gears and Halo, I was more just competing online. Um, and I just started realizing that 
you know, being a pro player at that time was not a thing. There was not orgs actively sponsoring, paying, housing, and, you know, companies, brands adapting players from every single, you know, facet of the corner. That, that wasn't a thing. If you had a money sponsorship back then, I mean, you were a G. I mean, you were a gangster. There's no, there's no doubt about it. So I just realized that the people that were getting paid the most in the industry and the ones that were kind of backdooring early, you know, avenues in this industry were, were commentators. You know, they were hosts. They were the ones that were getting paid. They were making a full-time career off gaming. And they weren't playing 60 hours a week. They might be travel, traveling X amount of hours a week, but they weren't, they weren't playing 60 hours a week, you know, and it wasn't, it wasn't all about the win. Back then, if you didn't win, guess what, buddy? Money's not, the money's not there. It's first, it was kind of like first or nothing. Like second in place would get money, but who cares, right? It, like, yeah, you get your money and, back, maybe. Right, right, maybe. And, and don't get me wrong, there were still big sponsorships like that Evolution tournament I went to where it was like more of like a, you know, cup thousands prizing. And, you know, there were ways to make money to win, but they were a, a darn diamond dozen. They and not like they are now at all. No way. We're talking every day now. There's some sort of thousands, tens of, I mean, millions, thousands on every platform. Every company's holding their own private, public. No. And this thing is still not where it's supposed to be because we don't have organization through professional to collegiate to high school. So we're still not at our golden age of gaming. This is an insane industry um, that's on the rise. It's just another, it's an entertainment route. It's definitely on the rise. It has yet to, you know, it's not surpassing sports anytime soon, but it's, uh, it's headed in the right direction. That's for darn sure. And I'm excited to see where it goes. But like, like I said, they, those are the guys getting paid. So I figured that, you know, I always watch sports and I always, you know, hung on to Mike Breen and the words he would say and how he would pause and how he would pace himself. And then he would get hyped. No, oh, you know, bang shot. So I would listen to all that stuff. And, you know, I just started telling myself, you know, your voice is kind of, you know, impubescent now, but maybe you can work on it a little bit and, you know, practice and maybe you can get a little bit better. Um, so I just started, I just started honing all my time into my voice, pace, pitch, uh, tone, you know, the vocal lessons home. So I, I figured, Hey, if these guys can do metal rock music and uh, I can, you know, they're doing something right. If they could strain their vocal cords that intensely and, and, um, be able to make music. So I just started practicing that stuff nonstop. And, uh, you know, I, I got a couple breaks my way. High res studios hold, had a reality show called the caster where it was basically the American idol of, uh, wannabe announcers and commentators. Um, I got on that show. And uh, I took fourth. Uh, the prize of the show was 10000 and a full-time commentator position at the company. Uh, I didn't win that, unfortunately. I lost to a good friend of mine, Gabriella, who's now a commentator. Uh, or an, and, uh, I think she contracts with League of Legends a lot, which is awesome. But uh, yeah, so I just did that. I got fourth. And uh, it was amazing because I came home and you know, I was really upset. I was, I, was really, I was disappointed in myself because going into that competition, I had the most experience out of everybody, hands down. Professional and you know, just lifestyle experience. I was really disappointed in myself. I was upset. Um, I thought that was going to be my break. And, uh, you know, I was home and I get a call uh, from high res and uh, they're like, Hey man, you know, we love what you did down here. Do you want to come down full time? And I was like, yo, this is a sign from heaven. My mom had just passed, unfortunately, but I was like, this is a sign from heaven, you know? And there I was, I got my first full time job at high res studios, uh, which produces smite and paladins. Um, and, uh, I haven't looked back there. I've, you know, I went on to with the NBA and, and, and do a, a lot of things forward ever since. Yeah. So, you know, tell us a little about working with the NBA 2K league. What was that like? Oh, it was amazing. 
Oh, it was amazing. I mean, uh, a great group of people. Um, everybody, same thing. These guys that are just genuinely nice from the top down, genuinely loving, um, surrounded by great talent that, you know, uh, you know, the talent level they have there with Dirk and Scott and, and Jeff and, and, and EE, I mean, it's just top talent. It's just top talent. They're just really good guys, you know, and, and there's not a lot of people that I feel like I can genuinely like really learn something from, I guess, anymore, like in terms of, you know, maybe esports or commentary, but listening to these guys every day, you know, I'm learning so much just about more about just being a professional in this industry and pace and tone and how they handle themselves. Uh, I got to host one night actually at the 2K League. Normally I was just the announcer. I would announce the teams as they would come out. I would get the crowd hype, you know, stuff that I love doing. Um, but I got to host one night and, you know, it was, it was, it was something I felt like I did very well, but again, you know, I could have done it better. So looking at these guys from a talent perspective and just learning something from being at the 2K League, NBA 2K League was amazing. And the community there, the 2K community, I mean, these guys are just a great group of guys. They're a great group of guys from the top top to bottom, all the staff, all the coaches. You know, I got to interact with them at the multiple multiple different tournaments I went to that year uh, with the 2K League. They were so gracious and helped me get out there um, all the time and took care of me very well. Uh, it, it was a blast, man. I I, I, uh, I really hope that, you know, I get to experience them again. And it, it was a dream come true. Is Let me let me end it off with that. It was really a dream come true. Well, you know, as someone who was there to witness some of your emceeing, it was definitely a nice touch. And, you know, I think that one thing that you kind of brought up and we can elaborate a little bit more is kind of the use of, you know, emceeing and getting the crowd. And how do you feel that, you know, the crowd and their reactions and hype plays into, you know, the esports experience? We know how in the traditional sports world, you know, when you hear the whole crowd clapping or saying, let's go Yankees or like doing the wave, like as a player, as much as you can hear, you can kind of hear it. So do you feel like, you know, that's an element that's important for esports? At a live event, of course. Of course. I mean, esports has a different angle. They're mo- you know, there's, they have opportunity for a lot of online events, which is something that traditional sports don't have. They don't have the opportunity to do that because you always need to get together to play um, traditional sports. But um, anytime you're going to have a live event, and, and, I, and I'll answer this not just to a MC perspective, but also for a commentator, because... You know, and I'm not, this is something um, some companies do. They kind of like go cheap on the commentator. You know what I mean? Like, oh, we'll take a guy for free. You know, that's great. You know what I mean? That's awesome. Um, but the, it all adds into, into the production value. When you bring that production value, that live element value in MC, you know, great commentators, great hosts, uh, it adds this level of just uh, genuine. You yeah, know, authentic, uh, you know, it's authentic. Authenticity, absolutely. <laughs> Sorry, early for me. Uh, authenticity, absolutely. And it, it just makes it feel, you know, you can have a guy call the teams. I, I, you can have someone call the teams. I cannot tell you how many parents, players, people came up to me during the events and was like, yo, you are getting me so hype right now. Like, that made me feel so good that I'm going to go out there and I'm going to do it even better again. Because I know that you can touch people. Like, when I would do interviews, with a lot of the disabled kids that would come to the tournaments and their faces would light up. And I was genuinely listening to them and I'm being more genuine. So they're being more genuine. They're more comfortable. I'm more comfortable. The crowd's more comfortable. You can't get that from any MC, from any commentator, from any host. You need to have people that are genuinely interested in the cause that genuinely care about the mission. 
Um, and 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 yeah. So to answer your question, without an imaginable doubt, does it matter? So what's it like, kind of you know, hyping the crowd and kind of getting them behind you? It's it's scary. I get butterflies. I, this is the same process I always do. I talk myself up before it's my time to go on. You know, I got the earpiece in. Hey, thirty seconds. You know, we're going on, um, or whatever. So, uh, you know, I just talk myself up a little bit, and I just tell myself, you know, because like any job, right? There's moments that come up, and you're like, kind of feel lazy. You know what I mean? Like, I kind of like I'm tired today, or whatever it is. And that's one of them where it don't matter how you feel. <laughs> like you're about to go on. So it's like people can read, you know, read that emotion. So when you come in and you're just you know, if you're someone MC that's just like says the names, you know what I mean? You, everyone, you know. Yeah, we're just doing the job. Just doing the job. Like, I don't I don't ever do that. And I don't maybe sometimes people think that's too much. I don't know. But I don't ever do that. I, I love to go over the top. I want I'm going to scream. I want people to see how hype I am, because how do you emulate something or how do you want to reciprocate something that's not. That level, you know what I mean? If I come out and I say, hey, you know. This Let's is fun. Justin. Yeah, this is fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, hey, like, yeah, I'm still energy, but whatever. But I can come out and be like, yo, everybody off your feet. You know, the pacing matters. Every single word matters. And that's the thing I always do. It's more of like a pause speech. You know what I mean? It kind of like, I want you to grip every word. And um, yeah, man, you know, it's just, it, it's a really hype feeling. And, and, and what makes me enjoy it and commentating enjoy it uh, is that, you know, if I'm hype manning, I'm spreading emotion and I'm going to spread what I'm feeling. And I'm going to be watching the tournament because I want the tournament. That's the other thing. I'll, you know, sometimes MCs and people will just like kind of tune out when it's not their time to go on and they'll come on and just do it. I don't take being there for granted. You know what I mean? I love esports so much. I'm watching the event like, whoa, like this is sick, you know, and it, it brings back more emotion to me. And then I get to put that back out on, on the crowd. So, um, you know, it, it's 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 just a magic thing. And I love seeing the, the re, you know, if I'm an MC, I love seeing the reaction on your face. I love seeing smiles. Even if some, some people be like, oh, this guy's a buster. Like, I've gotten that before, too. But it's okay because I'm getting you involved in some way. And maybe that'll change as the event goes on, you know, or maybe it won't. But I like to get everyone involved, you know, and that's just what's so fun about it. If you're a commentator, it's your job to spread wisdom, you know, knowledge um, and fun. Your MC, you got to be fun. You got to be energetic and you have the ability. And what makes it so rare to answer your question is that you can, you can either bring the emotion out of the people or they're going to sit there and just stare at you. And I've had that one too. And you know, it's, 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 it's up to you to captivate and it can either be a magical experience or it could be a dull experience based on your work ethic and, and your performance. Well, yeah, you know, something that I've noticed is, you know, your enthusiasm is very contagious, as they would say. And I think that your passion is, you know, what's important. And, you know, kind of beginning of the show, we kind of touched on it. It was like, that's what makes gaming and, you know, the pro scene in esports so great is that everybody really just likes it. It's not just something that they just have to do or they're just really good at it. Yeah. like, And, you know, what ties into that, and I think companies are getting better at captivating this is every single person, especially if we say 2020, especially 2020, is growing up video games. They're playing them, whether they're casual gamers that are playing them on their iPhone, whether they are, you know what I mean? And now there's even competitive iPhone, you know, whatever. Yeah, mobile esports, mobile right, gaming. Like, like what? All right, <laughs> that's a whole different thing. But anyway, um, you know, my uncle is a great example. My uncle was a district county judge. He actually, oh man, RIP Uncle Mike. He just passed away last week to COVID. Um, really, really sad, but... He, he was a district county judge his whole life, 
great guy, but a hard ass. Freaking hard ass. Great guy, but a hard ass. Well, he's and, a judge. Um, he's a judge. Exactly. 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 Um, but he, he protected the streets that I live live on uh, for years and years and years. And, you know, when my, when my father passed away, uh, my mom had some stuff going on. I went to live with him for a year. And uh, I started, you know, gaming there. I remember he bought us our first he bought me a Game Gear and he bought my cousin a uh, N64 and we shared and played together. But it was really that was my first uh, probably no, sorry, my second system I ever got. But even er- as early as then, you know, there was these games being around and he always, you know, never liked it. He always wanted us to be outside. Traditional guy, you know, go play, get out off the games, get out of here, you know. And uh, it's funny because. When I got the job at the NBA 2K League, um, we started gaining a closer relationship later in life. Uh, he kind of chilled out after he, after he retired as a judge and, you know, just started being a more open guy. And I started being more open and loving to him. And he told me, you know, two years ago, right after I got the NBA 2K League, or oh, sorry, last year at the beginning of the year, um, he's like, man, you chose the right industry. Uh, my attorneys that are like, you know, he's probably still practicing attorneys, I guess, uh, in his spare time. His attorneys, every time they're done with a case, he's like, he was like, what are you doing right now? And his attorney was like, uh, we're playing Fortnite. Call of Duty Mobile. Like, <laughs> like, and he's like, what? And then he's like, he's like, it hit me. He's like, holy shit. My, you know, excuse me. You know, he's like, my nephew, Paul, like, loves this. Like, knew, like, he knew, like, you know what I mean? Cause I'd always been doing this stuff. And a lot of them were just disgracing a lot of the time. They thought I was just wasting my life. And, you know, and that was a real, real realization to me that like, wow, man, like my the one of the people that was the most anti it in my life, not in a negative way, but just, just like gets it now. Yeah, like gets it. Exactly. Gets it now. And now literally my entire family gets it now. And, you know, people that I went to school, like everyone that used to not get it, like gets it now. And like all the NBA stars are like, they're all kids. They're all growing up in games like they're. You know what I mean? They're all wanting to play esports tournaments when they're proposed, like media tournaments for them, and and things like, like they want it. They're gr- they grew up the same exact way now, and this is like I said, the number one entertainment industry in all the world. It is literally going to transform the world because of how accessible it is, how everyone's growing up on it, and and uh, how everyone's getting involved in it and understanding it finally. So you know, so tell us a little bit. What do you like most about casting? About being a shoutcaster? spreading my knowledge i'll be honest with you i love spreading my knowledge and i love teaching esports uh that's what i do on my personal live stream when when i have streams you know a lot of people have their own angles and streams and commentary and broadcast my angle is that i'm one of the most knowledgeable knowledgeable people in this space and i'm not trying to sound cocky i'm not trying to sound um anything but just sincere I've, i've done the time i've put in the work i've competed at the highest level in multiple genres, multiple games, multiple avenues. I've traveled. I've been to school. I know all the back people, all the successful people in the industry. I've, I've interacted with all of them at some point or another. And um, I love spreading the knowledge, the stories. Um, I, it's just great, you know, being able to tell, tell some stories about some people that are just, you know, huge in the industry and myself and times when we were 15, 16, just kids, kids having fun. Uh, and, and, and I love being able to spread that wisdom and the camaraderie you build with the broadcast team. It's, it's almost the same as competing. Awesome. So I know you do some work with the NACL. So what is that? What have you been doing with them? Yeah, the North American Collegiate League, uh, Collegiate League they are a great organization. They're trying to build, they're trying to build collegiate esports. You know, they're trying to build collegiate esports and um, they're just getting going. I'm, I'm really just a contractor that they, that they hire out uh, continually. We've had a, a, a big success. 
um, with some of our Fortnite tournaments that we ran, and we're getting Nate Robinson involved with some. Uh, he just won the last 2K tournament we had, which was my. I, I literally saw the tweet that he was going against the one that the guy that won the last tournament. I was like, oh, you know, Nate Robinson, he's a baller. He's gonna get blown, you know, washed. And then like uh, in 2K, you know, he's gonna get washed. Uh, but then he winds up winning, and I'm like, wow, like this is the real deal. Like people are actually playing video games for real now. Like. And are like, really good at it. But yeah, like Nate, you're like you can. Re- people are always like, I don't know what I'm going to do after I retire from ball, or I'm going to retire. You know what I mean? Like, bro, you can be a 40 year old like Twitch streamer, like no problem. Like, people are going to love you. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this is a real deal. It's a real thing. So, and he's even, you know, Nate Robinson there. He's showing he can still compete later on in life, which is just like it's amazing. I mean, if LeBron James and I, you know, say this all the time, if LeBron James can slam a basketball, and I believe he's going to play till he's 40, 41, um, 35 right now, just having a breakout season, you know, amazing season. Uh, if he could do that, who knows how long someone can compete for in esports and video games. And um, uh, yes, yeah, so play NECL, sorry, rambling a bit. Play NECL, just they're building that collegiate esports. And that's one of those foundations that I was talking about that needs to be built. That collegiate level competition where it's built in with the schools. And I work with a lot of uh, people that do that. The ECAC, uh, the ECC, those are both organizations that, that are building collegiate um uh, esports hostry esports where my mother graduated uh from i'm you know trying to get involved with them and nyit here on the island their esports i've commentated for and and talked on some panels and things like that so um this is they're they're so important to play NECL because we need to build this collegiate level of of esports um because that's that's going to be what's going to start funneling the pros you know that's going to be at least what i feel is going to be funneling the pros a lot of the time is going to be a collegiate level of esports, but um, yeah, that's what they're trying to build. And then I'm happy to be commentating and work with them quite a bit. Awesome. So, you know, what's your most memorable professional highlight to date? Memorable professional highlight, man. You can pick two, you know, yeah, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, that's one. Getting on, getting on the caster and getting that call from highway. That was, that was pretty big for me. It wasn't a public moment. Uh, it was a private moment, but that was the first company to ever take a chance on me. Um, what were you doing for them? I was, I was high. I was high. I got on their reality show. You know, I took fourth and then I was uh, not doing anything for them, but I was one of the only people on the show that was paladins derived. I was streaming paladins actually before. So just, you know, just a nobody streamer, just chilling, what, you know, whatever, just a guy streaming paladins and um, uh, yeah, just got, you know, cast. They wanted me to come down and be a full-time employee there. And I casted the paladins premier league. Um, the mix, uh, the mixer console uh, league for Paladins as well, and also the collegiate world championship of Paladins, which was really fun to play into that. Uh, be you know, cast those young players there. Uh, so it was, yeah, just a full time caster, and you know, I worked for them for a handful of months, and then you know, I came back up to really start my own company. Had a great time down there, just absolute blessed experience, amazing group of people. Um, yeah, just ama- another amazing group of people. Uh, you know, just. But uh, yeah, so I came back up to start my own company. I, you know, I just wanted to start my own. I wanted to be my own brand. I wanted to be my own man. So I uh, came back up here. Uh, that was a pretty memorable moment. But you know what? Though? I'll tell you what the, the biggest memorable moment was. Um, the Championship Gaming Series. That first ever TV show on DirecTV. I was 18 years old. Um, I was sitting in my chair in front of this big crowd. The entire weekend we had been playing in all these showcase matches that these GMs that were drafting you were watching, you know, it was like they needed a dead or alive player. They needed a project Gotham racer. Each team had a counter-strike. It was the first ever multi genre esport 
It was like a league. It was like a league. You know, he's a big money. He was a sponsor with Mountain Dew and DirecTV and all this, this different stuff. And, you know, the combine was at the Playboy Mansion. And it was really one of the first big, big events. Uh, and being on the chair, this was the second season. The first season, I was 17. I wasn't old enough to be on. So the second season is the one I was able to try out for. And the only I didn't know about marketing. I, I was I was a late bloomer. I didn't know about marketing and talking to people and building a brand. I didn't know about. I was rabies. I was a loudmouth kid from New York. You know what I mean? That was it. So uh, the one team that I'd been talking to, New York 3D, that was the team that I you know the really only team that I networked with. And the player on their team uh, was you know a, a top member of the community, Dave uh, Chappelle, and man, he was the player on the team from season one. And I just I wanted this man's job so bad. I wanted this man's job so bad. I knew I was, I, I was one of the best players in the entire world at the time in Dead or Alive. I was winning, coming in top in tons of tournaments. All the people that were on the show were hitting me up to train, like, even though I was off the show. I mean, literally, like, I was the, one of the best. Um, and uh, I was on the edge of my chair. And um, one of the commentators at the time was Jonathan Wendell, Fatality. And he was the first ever professional gamer. He, I mean, he, back in the Quake days, we're talking about he was yes. the first name that I ever heard, like winning tournaments, brand, had his own headsets. and Has his own trademark in his name. Yeah, yeah, his real shit and real shit. So I was like, he was the guy when I was like 12. I, I, I didn't start watching basketball until I was 20. So when I was 12, I was like, this is LeBron. Like, this guy's doing it. Like, he, oh my God, like, he's the first ever person doing this winning and branding and, tw- and everything so i hung out with him the night before which was surreal to me like i was just a nobody i didn't say a word i just lollygagged around with you know one of my other good friends that was uh, tom brady that took me up to him and uh being in the chair so the cameras go on my first ever tv experience championship gaming series i'm at the combine i'm at the draft i'm sitting in the chair there's rumblings. All the teams go. All my friends are selected, you know, and these are guys that I know I could beat. I want to beat. I want to compete against. I'm just so thirsty. I, I'm one of the best right now. I want it so bad. I'm sitting in the chair. Lights go up. Team NY3D is the last team to pick. So I'm sitting in my chair. Dave Chappelle, whatever, you know, he was the guy from the year before. And Fatality comes over the loudspeaker as a commentator. Like, comes over and then he goes, all right, guys, Team NY3D is coming up next to the final team to go. Where, who will they go with? There's Chappelle from last season. There's top player in the crowd, Rabies. And when he said that, I was like, yo, like, my idol just fucking said my fucking name. Like, I can't believe I'm here right now. Like, this is surreal because when I was 12 and just doing Xbox Connect, I, I just never believed I'd, I'd, I, would ma- I would do it. I would do it. And anyway, so he comes up and T- Team NY3D is on the clock. And Dave Gaffan, the uh, owner of NY3D at the time, or the face representative, he was comes in and he goes, the selection now is Chappelle. And they wound up having the best team in season two. Their team was amazing. Their weakest category at the time, I love Chappelle. He's, like a, he's, he's one of my good friends who go back. But hey, their weakest team at the time was DOA Mail. And I would have whooped. They would have been the championship team if they had, if they had pulled me in, so they, they called me as their, sorry, they called me as their backup. I got the backup position. They could pull me up at any point in time to come compete on live TV on the show. Um, they never pulled me up. but uh, And they wound up losing in the DOA4 male category, the championship to another team. But uh, unfortunately, you know, that was, that was a surreal moment because Fatality was someone I always looked up to. 
Um, and, and, you know, I was just telling my stream about this the other day. Fatality is like literally one of my, he's like one of my mentors right now. Like I stream with each other every day. You know, he just sent me his brand new fatality I nine motherboard. And I was just telling my stream, you know, this is, you know, the part two is that, that, that is just absolutely surreal to me because he's someone I used to like idolize and just dream about finding a way to, to do that. And my brand's still not at that level, but to have a mentor like Fatality, someone that can give you business advice, branding advice from the number one first guy to do it, man. It's just surreal to me. Like I, I literally, I, I cry going to uh, like a couple of tears the other night going to bed because I can't, I couldn't, I just, some days it hits me. Like, I can't believe it. Like this, how am I here? You know? I mean, this is really further confirms, you know, the OG status that's like Fatality called you out for a show. You know, I'm sure some of my viewers may not even go back that far, but sure. Sure. <laughs> Hey, maybe mine do, but that's what we got to do. We got to bridge the, we got to bridge the gap, Justin. You know, we got right. The gap. history has to be told and has that's to be it. told properly by the right people. Yeah, I mean, and then you know, it was it's just surreal, man. Like I was just looking at the the motherboard he sent me, and this is like a four like a three hundred four hundred dollar motherboard, you know, and his his brand, and it's like this is a guy that I used to see in a magazine when I was like twelve, and just think like like that's just I was just a fan. I was just a total fan. And it's like I don't know what. I don't know how the stars aligned. I don't know what my, why my brain just told me to do all the decisions I make. I dropped out of college, which is, you know, something I regret doing, to be honest with you. But I, 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 you know, I dropped out of college and I just put all my time and effort into this. And it was just surreal. Like I have fatalities discord. Like I see the F right now. You know what I mean? Like I, I can go in there right now. You know, I can say hello, you know, and then it, it's someone that used to just, you know, I love the guy. He's just taught me so much uh, over, over the years. And, um that that's definitely hands down been my most surreal experience the fact that i now just hang out and interact like one of the boys with the lebron james of my personal life um is just surreal to me and it's just an amazing experience that i'm extremely thankful for i mean that sounds amazing so i know earlier you mentioned that you've really been kind of really focused on streaming so what's your favorite part about streaming <laughs> uh would you believe me if i said it's being the boss <laughs> uh being the boss man it, it 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 you know one of the things i've had a hard time getting an agent um i don't i don't really know my brand's not that big yet you know i'll, I'll be real with myself um i'm growing i'm growing rapidly but it's not that big yet um but uh i like that i don't have to play the politic game in streaming you know just like any industry and rightfully so, I guess. There's a lot of politics, man. You always got to play politics. There's a lot of politics, man. I don't we like talk about that off mic, but, you know. You know, yeah, yeah. But of course, of course. But, you know, every industry there is that. And it's just, I don't like playing it, man. I don't like playing it. And even as a streamer, I know there's politics, but it, there's just not as much. In the end of the day, like, this is your channel. This is your performance. This is your product. This is your, 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 your. And yeah, sure, there might be politics and people not hosting, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, things like that. Who cares? Like, at the end of the day, it, it, it's all on you. It's your show. You want to smoke on the camera? That's on you. You want to do something, play Hello Kitty? That's on you. You want to be fun? You want to be laid back? You want to be slow speaking, fast speaking? It's on you. Your success right there is on you as well, whether you're doing YouTube or you're monetizing YouTube or you're doing, you know, Twitch and social medias and TikTok and all this stuff. So that's what I like about it. I like that it's all on you. You know, the work ethic you put in, the, the strategy you put in, is is gonna pay off into your pockets into your bank account into your following and you don't have to share there's no stepping on toes necessarily there's no 
you know, there's just not as much politics I feel. And I, and I kind of like that. I like that. It's my show. I like that. I can be contagious. I like that. I can, you know, I don't have to worry about. You start when you want, you end when you want. If you want to keep baby. going, you keep doing it. That's it. That's it. You want to take a, I mean, you know, some people do a schedule. You want to take a lunch break at four, take a lunch break at four. You're back at six. You're back at six. Like literally, like it's literally that. I mean, it's just, it's addicting way to live. You know, if I want to go spend four hours at the gym, I'm going to go do it. You know, my, if I want to go stream the next 20 hours straight, I'm going to go do it. And, and my following's going to love it. And, you know, if I want to do a gym stream from my phone, I could do it. You know, I don't have to worry about producers yelling at me and, you're doing this wrong. Oh, you're not speaking this way or, Oh, you know, you're too hype or whatever, whatever, all the things that I've heard before in the past. And, you know, and then it's fine. It's totally cool. That's their job. You know, that's their production, you know? So it's like, that's their production. That's, that's what they want. Period. You get to be the producer. You get to be the head guy. You get to be the coach. You get to be everything. And uh, it's up to you whether you succeed or fail in my opinion. Um, And that's what I love about it. I think it's a very addicting way to live and it's no different than running, you know, running your own business and really learning what it takes. I think it's a great starter. Even if you take streaming as being a casual or doing a podcast as a casual, I think content production is, is really a great way to show yourself your own diligence and discipline level. I mean, as someone who's really kind of getting into this, you know, content producing world, I definitely agree with that. So, you know, how do you really kind of decide what game to stream? I know you kind of talked that you're the producer of the whole show. Um, I, I play with my soul wants to play. You know, I play with my soul wants to play. I've always been a multi-genre gamer. I've always played everything. I was one of the best Gears of War players in the world at one point. Dead or Alive, a fighting game. Gears being a third-person shooter. I was a great competitor at Halo. That's a first-person shooter. Um, and then uh, the uh, Ultimate Gamer, which was a, a show on sci-fi. Um, I was a finalist auditioner for that. I think I was like CDN the third, who's a huge streamer right now. He was the person. Me and him were always both tall, lanky, funny, you know. And so he got the final. Sh- uh, he got he got the New Yorker attitude spot on the show, which he's a huge, he's literally one of the biggest streamers in the world right now. So one of my, you know, always been a close friend of mine. So um, great to see that. But um, yeah, so. Uh, you know, sorry, what were we talking about again? Rambling here. How do you decide what game to stream? Oh, game to stream, right. Yeah, uh, I, I just play whatever's fun. And, you know, sometimes I play the number one. You know, like Dr. Disrespect says all the time, the most important category when it comes to being a streamer, if you are treating it like a full-time business, is minutes watched. And minutes watched comes from the biggest games, unfortunately. So... You know, a lot of time I like the biggest games. I like the biggest esports in the world. That's what my focus is. So, like right now, Valorant is the biggest. I think it's going to be a huge esport. It's taking a game Counter Strike and making it more adaptive and better. Um, I think it's going to be one of the biggest esports in the world. Uh, I'm streaming it right now full time. You know, and I was just came off streaming Call of Duty, which I thought Pokemon and Pokemon. And but at the time, you know, that's the thing of being a streamer, multi genre. Pokemon, what was it? Number one game on Twitch, week one. What is it now? 2000 viewers. You know, it's, 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 you got to play with your love. You got to play with your love. You got to play with, you have fun with, because just like anything else, man, you got to, for, you got to do this as a full-time job. If you're trying to make it, if you're not playing what you're genuinely having fun with, genuinely loving, I don't know, man, you ever work a job you don't like, it's not, not, not a fun way to spend a, a lot of time. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a very good point you have. So what other, what other tips do you have for any expiring, aspiring casters that are trying to go at it for themselves? Play the part, man. It's one of the, my biggest pet peeves in the world, and I, and I, and I, and I hate to be that guy, but I've, straight, I've told co-commentators, like, yo, what are, you, what are you wearing, bro? Like, we're about to go on live. 
Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, right, and this is also opinion. I got I to gotta state that. This is an opinion. I believe casters should be suited and booted. If anybody watches any show I've done, I've genuinely, I genuinely come pretty suited and booted when I, when I cast. Other people don't feel that way. A lot of other people like it to be casual. They want to relate to that level of gamer. I think the professionalism, when you're talking about eSports, I think the professionalism should be no different than sports. Come suited and booted. You need to play the part. I love feeling professional in a suit on a cast. I feel sloppy when I'm not in a suit. Justin, I'll be real with you. I feel sloppy. Um, I, li- I like being a professional. I like playing the part. Work on your pitch. Work on your tone. Are you a color? Are you a play-by-play? Learn both. Put time into your craft. I, I learned that from the Joe Rogan experience, and, it- and it's something I felt like I wasn't doing at one point, actually. I wasn't putting time into my craft, whatever it was, whatever you want it to be at the time. Put time in. Learn about the different facets. Learn some history. Learn about getting like you have to love it, Justin. You know, like you know, like you have to love it. Um, if you don't love what you're doing, you're in the wrong place. If you find yourself like, I don't know, if you just find yourself constantly not enjoying putting in the work, you have to enjoy putting in the work. And I know that sounds crazy, but you have to enjoy putting in the work because this no route that you ever chase in life from any sort of content producing business anything is easy it's just not and if you don't love putting in the work day in and day out you're in the wrong field so my advice to young and upcoming commentators and broadcasters would be play the part take your time put in the work and you know like always network 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 awesome i think you know that's some really good advice that you have there so what does the future hold for your career where do you, where do you go from here you know, man, uh, <laughs> probably, I don't know if I'm even allowed to talk about it, but I had, a, I have like, I'm, I, I want to get into acting and voice acting, you know, we'll, we'll start it easy. I want to get into acting and voice acting, you know, obviously I'm never going to stop commentating. I know how to do it like the back of my hand. I can commentate almost any game, you know, I, that'll always be there. I, I'm always taking gigs and, uh, and, and involving in that, in that sense, obviously the MC work, the host work, um, I was uh, looking at a tryout for the Westchester Knicks at one point to like just just try out to be their host. You know, they were looking for a host. Um, I'd love to get involved with real sports at some point. Esports, dude, I hate to say it, like I know that might sound like so cliche, but I just I have a wide tank, man. Like I just have a wide tank and I want to I think I, I add a lot of value to productions, either from an entertainment standpoint or a knowledge standpoint. And I want to spread the knowledge I have. Like you said, I've got 15 years in esports by the age of 30 in this age. It's not many people that could say that. It's not many people that could say that. I, I know the stories. I know the people. I know the back. I know. I know the stuff. And I want to shed my 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 seed with the world. I was you know really shy and really timid um, as a business person in, in my previous years. Really just learning about this industry and learning about being a businessman now and branding. It's something I really just was a late bloomer with. Um, but I want to spread the knowledge to the world and I want to show people how captivating esports truly is. Um, from a entertainment perspective. And then that's what rabies entertainment really is. Um, have some, have some potential, maybe some, uh, maybe, maybe some TV shows coming up, you know, might see me on a dating show or, or something, you know, you never know. Say you got to like keep that. the options open. You never know. Yeah. You never know. You might see a, a Twitch streamer on these days, but um, you know, I got some things cooking up. Um, some fitness companies been, been starting to hit me up lately about giving me some products. Um, I'm going to be working with a company here called. So right. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of them. Joe, they've been on the Joe Rogan experience. It's a, I get really bad sciatica in my left, only my left thigh. Uh, thigh. I do a lot, you know, I just do a lot of running, jumping, I play a lot of basketball, do a lot of deadlifting. 
Um, and I get really bad sciatica. I don't know if I'm sitting on my left thigh too much or what, but uh, anyway, this is a like uh, a person that's so right is like a cool little just a cool little like thing that you can use to massage your sciatic nerve and your psoas muscles, which so right psoas muscles, which really help with your flexibility and and just your overall comfort in terms of like your back and your hip flexors. Um, and especially for people that are sitting in a, in a chair all day, like this sciatica is killing for gamers. me. Right, right. You know, and sciatica is killing me, like literally killing me. So when I saw this company on Joe Rogan, like I hit them, I'm not, I hit them up immediately. I hit them up immediately and they were uh, so nice and they just sent me a bunch of them. I'm going to be doing some giveaways and so on, but um, it's literally for all these different sitting and hip flexor back front abs. And, and it's just an amazing stretch tool that you can take with you anywhere. So easy, so compact. Um, so yeah, just, just all that stuff, man. Hashtag really ad for my viewers out there. Yeah, sure. Sorry about that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, maybe we'll get some going there, but um just a lot of stuff like that, man. Just a lot of companies, fitness companies starting to work with gamers. You know, I do, I do a lot of stuff like that. You know, any commentary, collegiate, high school time, I could speak on a board. You know, enter- anything in the entertainment umbrella, baby. I'm trying to get contagious in Justin. Awesome. So, you know, I think that, you know, you just to kind of tie everything together, you sure. mentioned one really, you know, very important thing was you know, network and just do it. Like, you know, I was talking with someone yesterday and it's like, if you want to do it, you just have to do it. And, you know, your passion and your enthusiasm and the professionalism that you bring to it will hopefully position you to have experiences and be able to reach out to a brand and be like, Hey, I love your product. You know, how can I incorporate it into my life? And, you know, that's really how all these influencers and, you know, true engagement begins. Well, like you said, like you, you know, the number one thing, and to keep this very short, you have to find value. And that's what I've been doing. Like, I see a product I like personally. I sit on it at night. How can I bring value to this product? Most of the time, it is from a exposure standpoint. But I have an industry that all these fitness companies are not thinking about. And that's the video game world. You know, they're just now getting into it. You know, energy drinks, all this stuff, whatever. doesn't matter. There's a, there's a big crossover here, just like there is between music and gaming, fitness and gaming. That's why that's why gaming is really so messed up and so strong. That's why it's so strong because it is, and, and these all tie into. That's why all these networks are so you know, fitness, music, and gaming, entertainment. That's why they're all tying into each other so well, and that's what we're all starting to learn that all these we can all eat together. Um, there are many ways for everyone on the planet to enjoy each other, um, and gaming has been kind of that bridge that's just tying everything together lately because everyone, when they're done and they clock off their nine to five, going home and turn on the PS4, they're going home and turn on the PC and the console and playing games with their friends and hanging out. And um, I think the overall message and goal is, is just to really, we got to, we got to do everything we can to just spread that. Um, and, and all of our industries, we can all you know benefit together. Nice. So, you know, I really like to kind of end each episode with my three questions. So, you know, what's your favorite game to watch? Ooh, daddy. Dota. Dota okay. is my favorite game to watch. So sick. So, you know, what's your favorite game to play? Right now, it's Valorant. Like, I'm literally going to do a 20-hour stream the second we hang up the phone call. But what about all time? Is there a game all that... All time? Like- oh, yeah, baby. Come on now. Uh, I've, got, I've, got, I've got three games that are just the three games that I started with, but they're just my favorite games ever, and they're never going to change. Dead or Alive 4, Gears of War 1 pre-patch weapon sliding and halo 2 oh man halo 3 is my fourth i mean those are just my favorite games of all time and it's never going to change the emotions that they instilled from such a young age was just like the foundation of my literally my entire life business and career so 
uh yeah i love them okay so you know one last one you know who's your favorite video game character you know mario luigi pikachu you know anyone come on baby master chief master chief will kick you in the face shoot you sticky grenade you like ultra spartan uh mechanical wearing a fancy mask yeah dude fancy mask deep voice like yeah welcome like let's go you know, like all this stuff, like sick, like just so sick. Uh, Marcus Phoenix, uh, Gears of War, close second though, close second. Okay, so you know, thank you so much for joining us. You know, this was very insightful. Absolutely, um, thank you so much, uh, worldwide, for having me on here, and and Justin, thank you guys so much for thinking of me. I really appreciate that. You know, so it was awesome having you. So tell everybody where they can find you. Absolutely, uh, rabies underscore Santoro on Twitter. R a b i e s underscore Santoro. My last name S a n is in Nancy T o r o. And then uh, on and same thing on Instagram. Just uh, instead of an underscore, it's a period. Rabies period Santoro. And on Twitch.tv slash rabies TV. And that's where I am. You can. That's the best one to find me on. All my socials are on there as well. Twitch.tv right. slash. Check them out on Twitch, guys. Check them out. Check them out. Appreciate that, guys. Thank you so much, Worldwide Just. Have a great day. So, you know, thanks, everybody, again, for tuning in. And, you know, make sure to follow me on Twitter, JustinJESQ, and check Apple Podcasts for all our past episodes. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.